0: Why did off-market selling gain popularity? Number one, listings got so competitive that real estate agents looked for a separation point. They wanted a unique separation point at a listing presentation to say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I'm letting you know, we don't have to go onto the market. I have a lot of buyers that are going to buy your property without me having to go on to the market, which is going to mean that you're not going to have to go to the expense and the hassle of having lots of buyers through and having to pay real estate and domain their four or five grand, and you're going to be able to move on um, peacefully and get top dollar. And that does happen sometimes, no question about it. Hey, Arabella. Good to see you as well. That happens sometimes. I totally get it. There are real estate agents here that in Australia and New Zealand that go in, match a buyer, match a seller, and sell a property. But I want you to listen to me very carefully. I actually have a number of friends and colleagues that um, um, buy real estate. They're developers, they're investors, they own blocks of units, they own boarding houses, they look at development sites, they're into property investment, and I have to tell you, undeniably, these people love offline. End of story. Now, you can't fight the fact that these people have a big preference to buy off-market. Why? It's very simple, because if you buy off-market, it stands to reason less people will know about a property than if it is off market and on market, end of story. And we simply know that real estate is about bums on seats, getting people to see a property. Yes, there are instances where you have one buyer who is highly emotional, highly vulnerable, maybe the buyer that has actually missed out on a property, and is devastated, and then goes off and makes a highly emotive decision and pays top dollar because they have this fear that this property that they're seeing off market, that they've got access to, and they're in a highly emotional state. And then they're threatened by the agent that, hey, guess what, you got three or four days to make up your mind to buy it because after that, it goes online. And I get it and I can see how that strategy can work because it has fear of loss. If you actually wait, it's gonna go to the market and our vendors are gonna see a lot more interest and you're gonna lose that opportunity. So I totally get that. And I see some real estate agents intelligently use that to actually get deals done. But as Taney Jane says, it's not how. It's not about, and by the way, this is a really good way to get a vendor to accept an offer, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor. It's not how long you have been on the market, it's how long the buyer has been in the market. But that's beside the issue. On this topic that I wanna talk to you about is I wanna do a bit of an autopsy on this whole off-market thing. And the first thing I want you to understand is, we firstly have to define off-market. We need to define what off-market is because some people believe that, hey, Off-market means that you don't put it on realestate.com or domain.com, right? But if you actually send it out to your database um, or you put it on social media, it's classified differently. So how about I go through some definitions? Hey to everyone that said hello, by the way. I'm not ignoring you. Um, All I want to do is just focus on the topic. So let me run through the various definitions of off-market. The first one, which is I call true Hardcore, raw, off-market is this. You have a buyer. That buyer wants a specific property. And what you do is you are aware of someone that you'd spoken to in your real estate life that basically says, hey, we're thinking of selling, but we don't want to sell quite now. If you ever come across anyone You know, we're not really a hardcore seller. And what the agent does is ring up and actually speaks to the vendor and says, I have a buyer. They're in Singapore. They're moving back to Sydney. They wanna live in Haverfield. They've got five million to spend, right? They need to be in this street. Can I come in, have a look at the property, familiarize myself, get authority off you to show them the property and see if I can sell it. There is no database, there is no Facebook, there is nothing else. There is simply an agent who is a matchmaker. That is the original hardcore off-market. Let's then move on to the next one. The next one is where you list a property, but what you do is you don't spend the money on realestate.com and domain.com, or anywhere else, and what you do is you use what tools you've got available at your disposal that has no cost to the owner. And some agents define this as, hey, it's off market. An example of that could be um, our database and Facebook. Our database, Facebook, and LinkedIn, right? Then we move on to the next category, and that is where you have the database, social media, and then we add to it potentially realestate.com and domain. And then we move on to the next one, which is the all, the works, everything, signboards, social, Deacrit, um, um, Print media, um, massive amounts of money spent on social media to expand it to a lot of people. Uh, The highest category that you can get on the portals, right? So we're talking about you go all out. You go all out. So, there, my friends, are the various categories, right? And as Lisa says, one of the words that you can use is pre market. Some people call it pre portal before they go onto the portals. So that is just a quick definition but the original the original true off market is very very simple where a real estate agent where a real estate agent rings up a specific buyer and matches them with a property can i just say to you one of the things that you need to do is to ensure that your data capture system of all buyer inquiry is like robust because as far as I'm concerned, the agent that controls the data controls the marketplace, end of story. So I just wanna go through now and talk to you about advantages and disadvantages of off markets, versus doing the works or doing most. So here here are to me the um, uh, advantages and disadvantages. Number one, advantages are, there is no friction. There is no friction. Like think about it, I just sit there in front of a person and I say, hey, David, I'm letting you know, I have a buyer, his name is Chris Smith, This guy is ready to go. I want to let you know, I just want to get him through and I want to see if he wants to, you know, uh, buy this property. I mean, I know he loves the street. I know he's got the capacity to pay that price and he's going to be able to give us a decision within 24 hours, right? There is no friction there. It's a really easy yes to the vendor, right? It's also got a very low barrier to entry, very vendor friendly. And by the way, uh, I'm going to give him a bit of a plug. If you are a person that struggles with the concept of asking an owner for money, can I just say to you, like it is a no brainer? Campaign Agent, which I think has done like 50,000 deals, is a great product to use, right? So seek it out. It's the one that I push everyone to, right? Campaign Agent. Basically, you can sit there in front of a vendor and say to the vendor, hey, your marketing is going to be 10 grand. You can give me the 10 grand now, or you can give me 10 and a half later, and it'll just come out of the settlement. We don't actually touch it. It's actually done by an app, right? So let me move back on. Here are some of the disadvantages, disadvantages of off market. Number one, you will have less buyers looking at the property. Like that's undeniable because if you're going to get, you know, X amount of buyers that you're going to get off market, when you actually go on market, you're getting those plus more. So you turn around and you can't, that's undeniable, more bumps on seats. The next thing is that often when a vendor goes off market and does not invest, they don't have skin in the game. And when they don't have skin in the game, it essentially says that um, they've got a plan B. And if they've got a plan B, what happens is they'll often get you to use your time and your resources and unless they hit the jackpot, they have a plan B. Alternatively, when you have a vendor that has actually invested in marketing When they're getting feedback, they value the feedback because they paid for the feedback. It's cost them money. So they actually pay attention to the feedback because they actually have no plan B. They are all in. So, and then of course, which is this side issue, which is not the main issue, but I can tell you um, that when you do an off-market sale, less of your community finds out about that transaction. Yes, you can have that sale. Hey Shari, good to see you again. And I reckon Shari, I reckon Shari makes more sales than any other real estate agent I've ever met. I mean that. Um, Anyway, let me just just go on and explain to you this this issue that even though an off-market sale, like Lisa Novick does a fair few number of off-market sales, she still can have those properties sit on the back of the portals on the sole section. So you can still do that. The issue, of course, is that many real estate agents that run what I call an attraction model in real estate use business to create momentum to get more business. It's their model. It's like listings bring your listings. So, of course, whilst this is not the core reason as to why you should consider marketing your listings, it's the fact that your community will not know of the property's transaction if they are a passive consumer. If they are an active consumer and they are sitting on realestate.com 24 seven, yes, they will see it. But the average person in Australia or New Zealand is not someone that sits on realestate.com or domain.com for that matter, 24 seven. It is people that are getting on with their life. They're shopping, they're taking their kids to sport, unless of course you're in Melbourne. They're going out to restaurants, unless of course you're in Melbourne. They're basically doing things called life, right? And What essentially you need to do if you're going to become a successful long-term agent and what you want to do is have a lot of attraction, you want to get people into your ecosystem. And your ecosystem is all about being someone's agent before they need an agent. So when they need an agent, they have got an agent, right? David says he's mother-in-law. Okay, so gang... They're, they're the advantages and disadvantages, right? But let me move on and just show you the preferred model that I dictate. Here are, here's the model I prefer. It's called the hybrid. And many agents do use this model, in fact, right? They do use this model. And here is how the hybrid model works you list a property and you give it a period of time, as we call phase one. We did an interview with um, Carla Freda from Jealous Craig on Wednesday, I think. Um, and she's number three in the REB um, top top 50 women, very good real estate agent in Victoria that does a couple of million in GCI. And she, like many agents that I know, are using phase one, phase two. But I just wanna explain how it works. Firstly, you go off. You list the property and you say to an owner that what I'm going to do is for a short period of time, I'm going to get our first set of buyers through. And those buyers are going to potentially either buy your property or give us intel. Intel that is current. Intel on what the buyers are thinking about your property. So what do you do? You sign it up. And what's a really powerful way to signing it up? I gotta tell you, sitting there at that listing presentation and actually showing the buyers that you're gonna be taking through at phase one, nothing is more powerful than seeing is believing. So then what you do is you actually go to your phase one. Now, there is no right or wrong answer. There is no right or wrong answer, right? I think that you can go for three days, you can go for five days, you can go for 10 days. At the end of the day, you don't wanna drag it on for weeks you either wanna have the property sold or you wanna be coming back to a vendor and saying, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, this is what the marketplace has said. And I believe that what we should do now is move into what I call our phase two. And during the phase two is that you actually go off and you talk about a broader marketing campaign. And during phase two, you sell hard. And one of the reasons people struggle with vendor paid advertising is this, is that they're scared of losing the listing. But here's the good news. When you've got the listing in phase one, and you're presenting marketing in phase two, there is no fear of losing the listing, because you've got the listing. The unethical thing is To not have wet the taste buds and given the vendor heads up that you will be having a strategy meeting within a week or two to either say we've got it sold or we're reviewing what we're going to do in phase two. That is the key issue because I think where the con job happens in real estate is someone that goes in and sells phase one but actually hasn't set up their vendors that if this doesn't happen, we then move on to phase two. And phase two is about selling marketing hard. And phase two is about having realignment of the price. Now, I'm just gonna share with you a piece of dialogue that I think is extremely useful to use if you're up against a real estate agent in your area that goes in and says, I will have your property sold to a buyer that I've got signed with me. There's no need ever to do any marketing, right? Here's the dialogue. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, if a real estate agent came over and said to you, they guarantee you definitively that they will give you 30 days of sunshine during your marketing campaign, would you believe that real estate agent? No, of course you wouldn't. Why, they don't control the weather. And I've got to tell you, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, they do not control what a buyer is going to buy and what price they're going to pay. They do not control the market. Can I just say to you, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, at best a real estate agent can influence the market. The market sets the market. We as agents, our job is to get buyers to look at your property, to then get them to fall in love with it, to then create competition because competition wins the flag in the AFL competition wins gold at the Olympic games and competition and compassion selling creates top dollar in real estate. Our job in fact is not to come here and be a value today. Our job is to outline a business plan which is pretty much the process. And can I share with you, Mr. and Mrs. Vendel, you need to know this, that it is the process and not the promise of a price that will get you top dollar. Let me show you our phase one, phase two approach. That is how you deliver the conversation, okay? So let me move on. And I want to say with you that for me, you do need to actually use some stories or case studies or metaphors. And anyone that's followed my work for a long time, hey, Mickey Dimian, you're a great operator using phase one, phase two, by the way. So hi, Bernard. Hi to everyone. So let me just share with you, with metaphors and scripts, I want you to understand that nothing is more powerful than using a story or speaking in pictures. And here's an example of some of the dialogue, some of the dialogue that you can be using in this process. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, what I'd like to say to you is this. Do you think companies like Apple, Coca-Cola, McDonald's are stupid when they're spending advertising. You see, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, they understand it's not the best product that wins, it's the best marketed product that wins. And our job, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, is to out market other homes. You see, your home is on the market, not on its own. It's actually on the market in competition, not in isolation. And our job is to go in and to outmarket the other homes. No different to what McDonald's does. I mean, I've got to tell you, I don't personally like a Big Mac. And most taste tests suggest that it ain't the favorite burger to eat, but it continues to smash it in sales because there's a law, and it's called the law of product. And listen to this the law of product says, It is not the best product that wins in the market. It is the best marketed product that wins in the market. And that's important that you know that. The next thing I want to share with you is that I want you to understand that when you're a real estate agent, you are, in fact, a company that is in the product business that's launching products in the marketplace. And when you're doing that, you need to actually act like you're – product manager. And if you've got six listings, you've got six products and those products need launches and those products need management. And I've got to say to you, oops, sorry, my camera's shaking because I hit it. And I've got to say to you that you, you've got to start thinking um, brand and you've got to start thinking marketing. And I've got to say to you that your life will, you know, like we're very lucky in real estate. There is very few jobs that I know where the chief marketing officer has all their marketing paid for by a third party, which is the vendor. Doesn't happen in any industry. When a doctor takes ads, the doctor pays for them. When a plumber takes ad, the plumber pays for them. When Johnson Johnson and Johnson takes ads, they pay for them. When Nike takes ads, they pay for them. I've got to tell you, real estate's the only job that I know that someone else pays for the marketing. So that says to me, if you wanna have an incredible real estate life, learn learn the art of phase one, phase two. Learn the art of going in and delivering a very strong vendor paid presentation. Learn the art of using what I call ABC selling. So to me, I strongly believe that the best way to sell marketing is gold, silver, bronze, right? You know, premium, premium plus gold where you give people those three options and you usually move people towards the middle option. And um, understand that we now live in a world that has got tools available to us uh, like vendor financing, Uh, which makes it really easy where people just go on an app and just say, yeah, fantastic. I'm not gonna give you any money, just sort it out once the property's sold, right? But I've gotta say to you, I'm gonna finish you with this final statement. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls, one of the most effective things that you can say to a vendor at a listing presentation to help you get marketing across the line is this, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor. One of the questions you've gotta ask yourself is, what's more important to you, the risk of over marketing by $5,000 or the risk of underselling by $50,000. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, all I'm asking you to do is to make sure that you take out insurance that we don't undersell the biggest asset that you own. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I've seen a lot of owners lose tens of thousands of dollars at the time of sale because they became a bit thrifty with a thousand dollars at the time of listing. Mr and Mrs Vendor, every day in real estate, I see many homes, some of the finest homes in Australia and New Zealand sell for lower than what they could have because they were a secret, a secret agent sold a secret property, I've got to let you know, you've got to stand out to win out. Guys and girls, if you enjoyed this rant, press the share button with one of your colleagues or let your clients know. Guys and girls, signing off.